long, long time ago, I read in Peter Marshall's book, Mr. Jones Meet the Master, a prayer that he prayed where he prayed that we might have faith as real as fire and prayer as real as potatoes. And you know what? That's the kind of faith we need. Faith like a fire so that our prayer will be just as real as potatoes. Now, there's a hymn that we sing that goes along with this many times. Uh, He lives. You know, I don't know if you've ever noticed, it's about the second half of the uh, first verse. says, uh, I see his hand of mercy. I hear his voice of cheer. And this is the line. And just the time I need him, he's always near. And that is the testimony of those of us who have come to know Jesus as Lord and Savior. As we follow him, when we need him and we cry out to him, he is there. Well, I want to share with you today five different lessons that we can learn from Bartimaeus. First of all, don't wait for perfect conditions to cry out to God. I don't know how many times in my 40 some odd years of ministry, I have been talking to someone about their need for the Lord and them say, yeah, I've just got a few, get a few more things right. And then I'm going to join the church. You know, And it's not about joining the church. It's about coming to Jesus. It's about getting your life straight. It's about walking with him. And there's no getting things right before you come to him because you're not going to get things right before you come to him. You need him in order to start to get things right. Trying to get yourself all cleaned up before you go to Jesus is like taking a shower before you take a bath. You know, it's just uh, it's just uh, uh, redundant. And the thing is, you can't cleanse yourself. You can't purify yourself. Only his precious blood can do that. And yet there's so many people who keep putting it off and putting it off because they've got one more thing they need to do. Or even when it comes, they don't want to... Uh, How do I say this? They don't want to call out to God until they've exhausted all their own personal means. And I think that's a matter of pride. They they don't want to bother God until they're at the end of their rope, tied a knot in it and hanging on for dear life. And then maybe they'll call out to him. Uh, So I was thinking about that this morning. I remembered the, the time that I picked up a hitchhiker on the way to, uh, I was heading from Dallas to uh, Kilgore, and there was this guy, he was having a hard time walking, and I felt compassion for him, pulled over and uh, asked if he wanted to rest. Yeah, man, he hobbled over and hopped in the car, and uh, he told me that he had uh, been coming through from somewhere up in like Oklahoma City, and had come through Dallas, and uh, then he uh, got outside of Tyler, and his car broke down, and he was heading on toward, I think it was New Orleans, somewhere down south of Louisiana he was headed. I said, well, this, this I-20, this will take you over into Louisiana. No doubt about it. I guess you just 
right on over to Shreveport and go straight down from there. He said, yeah, that's my plan. And so uh, as we're driving along, I've got this guy and he asked me what I did for a living. I told him I was a preacher. And then he said, why do you do that? You know, so I've got to share my going 70 miles an hour. You have a captive audience anyway. So I shared my testimony with him. And then I asked him, oh, have you received Jesus as your Lord and Savior? He makes such a difference. And he says, you know, I haven't. He said, well, would you like to? He said, you know, I really, I really would. But I just got some things I've got to take care of first. Anyway, I let him out uh, whenever I made my turn off of I-20. Gave him what money I had left in my pocket so I could get a hot dog or something at the, let's see, what was the name of that place? Anyway, there was a place there he could get something to eat and uh, headed on off. Got home. And there on the news, it was talking about this serial killer who'd escaped from prison in Oklahoma City. Uh, the police knew he'd come through Dallas. They found his car broke, a car that he'd stolen broken down outside of Tyler. And they knew he was heading somewhere into Louisiana. Now, I don't know for sure that was the same guy, but ever his story sure fit very, very well. Ever since then, I've wondered what the things were, quote unquote, he still needed to take care of. You know, I'm glad I wasn't one of them, you know, along the way there. But at least he got to hear the gospel. But he was waiting for a more opportune time, you see. And a lot of times people keep waiting for a better time. Bartimaeus, it says, then they came to Jericho as Jesus and his disciples together with a large crowd were leaving the city. Now, those were not perfect conditions to try to get Jesus' attention and have a conversation with him when he's in a large crowd. And he could have said, well, you know, I'll put it off till this evening and maybe he'll still be around and I can get to see him when he settles down for the night and the crowd's not so big. Also, Remember, Bartimaeus is a beggar. Large crowds are a great opportunity to make money. He could beg. I mean, what better time to beg than when a large crowd's coming by? So and this is the way it is with us. First of all, you need to understand there is never a perfect time to call out to Jesus. There's, it's, there's never going to be an optimum moment if you're waiting for an optimum moment from your way of looking at things. But from the Lord's point of view, right now is the best time ever. As it says in scripture, today is the day of salvation. Right now, if you have something going on in your life and you need the Lord's help, I encourage you, don't put it off till a better time. Now is the time. And uh, because there's never going to be a perfect time, but today and right now, really, from the Lord's point of view, is perfect. This is the time. Well, another thing that we learn from the from Bartimaeus is uh, concentrate on what you have. So many people, they keep on looking at what they don't have. You know, they may think, well, I haven't lived the right kind of life. You know, I just don't think the Lord would want to give me the time of day. And they have all these different reasons that they have that they don't think that that, that the Lord should uh, 
consider them. And the thing is, Bartimaeus didn't let his lack keep him from calling upon the Lord. He used what he had. He had ears. He could hear. And he heard, it says, when he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to shout. He could hear and he had a voice. You may not be able to see Jesus at work in your life, but you've heard people tell you he's around. You can hear. It says that faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. You can hear from here, from, from right here in God's word that he wants you to call upon him. He wants to answer you. Well, he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth. He had heard about Jesus of Nazareth and he knew that Jesus could make a difference. And so what did he do? He began to shout. We can pray. We can pray. When you can't do anything else, you can pray. Whenever he started to shout, what happened? People told him, shut up, didn't they? When he says, uh, many rebuked him and told him to be quiet. But guess what? He shouted all the more. Son of David, have mercy on me. Don't be swayed by public opinion. That's the third thing that you can learn from, the, from Bartimaeus. Don't be swayed by public opinion. There are many things in this world that you call faith suckers. Those things that will just suck the faith right out of you. It may be an unbelieving spouse. It may be children that uh, just won't go the right way. It may be uh, uh, parents that just keep putting you down. It may be all sorts of things that they're these faith suckers that will just suck all the faith right out of you if you listen to them, if you uh, get distracted by them instead of focusing on the one that you should be focusing on. So don't let the faith suckers pull the faith right out of you. Next, there are faith intimidators. There are those, it says that these people were rebuking him. They were trying to make him be quiet. We've had a lot of this in the United States in the last few decades, really, where uh, there have been those that have been trying to quiet all the Christians. Tell them to be quiet. Don't be talking about Jesus around here. Don't be praying here. Don't be doing this there. There's so many faith intimidators trying to bully us into just hiding in our, uh, in our congregations and in our homes and not being people of faith in our world. And we are called not to be intimidated. Jesus, it says, is all the world to me. He's all the world to us, it says in the song. And we're not supposed to be his just in our own little private world. We're supposed to be his in all the world, even when the crowd's watching and listening. So don't let the faith intimidators rebuke you and put you down. Faith intimidators. Job's wife was a faith intimidator. Why don't you just curse God and die? You know, she was so bad. My goodness. Uh, there are also faith mockers. Faith mockers. Those that will ridicule you 
because of your faith. If you, they understand that you're praying about something, they'll make fun of you. They'll jeer at you. They'll try to instill doubt. Uh, then sometimes it can be members of your own family that can be the faith mockers. That can be just like crabs in a barrel trying to pull you back down and keep you from moving on and moving toward the Lord. So don't wait for perfect conditions. Concentrate on what you have. Don't be swayed by the opinions of others. Be concerned about him. Number four, this is the neatest thing. Look what happens here. He cries out all the louder, son of David, have mercy upon me. And it says, Jesus stopped. Jesus stopped. This whole crowd all around him. You know, this is not the first time and the only time we see this in scripture. We see the woman who had the issue of blood and we see her just sneak up and touch the hem of his garment. And it says, Jesus stopped. Jesus stopped and said, call him. So they called to the blind man. Cheer up. Get on your feet. The master is calling you. Jesus heard his desperate cry for help. And he stopped. And in the midst of all these people and all his busyness and and he's on his way to the cross, people. He is on his way to go and die for your sins and for mine. In all his busyness, he stopped and he had time for this poor, poor, blind beggar. And he'll stop for you. In your time of need, if you will cry to him, he will pause and make time just for you. And he will give you that audience of one that you need. He may get you, want you to voice the need. What do you, what would you have? What do you want from me? I love what it says next. Whenever it says, uh, uh, cheer up on your feet, he's calling you, throwing aside his cloak. Now, you do you know what a big step of faith this is? Casting aside his cloak. A beggar's cloak was his license to beg. Just like if you're a, a, a truck driver, your commercial driver's license is your license to drive a truck and make a living. The beggar's cloak was the one that distinguished the beggar from others, and it gave them the right to beg. It was their shade in the summer. It was their warmth and protection from the cold in the winter. And it was uh, their uh, advertising as to who they were. This was his safety net. And it says that he threw it aside. He cast aside. You see, that is faith. He knew when he got up to go to Jesus that Jesus was going to take care of whatever it was. Jesus, he knew he was going to get his sight. And so he threw away his former way of life in order to come to Jesus. He didn't hang on to it. Well, just in case this doesn't work out, you know, I need to be able to, to, to have something to fall back on here. 
in faith, he just cast it aside and he took off. Throwing his cloak aside, he jumped to his feet and came to Jesus. Oh, that we would just be so instantaneous in our responding to the call of Jesus. Oh, that we could be just so as faithful as Bartimaeus was that day when he just threw his whole life as he's lived it, lived it before. The life that he knew before, he just cast it aside to go to Jesus. And then Jesus says, what do you want me to do for you? The blind man said, Rabbi, I want to see. Through all the crowd, through all the clamor, all the voices, Jesus heard his. And through, I don't know how many times I've had people think, well, you know, my thing's just too small for God's consideration. No, no. You're that big for him that he's concerned about the little things that you may think are little that are eating you alive. There's nothing too small for him if it's big to you. When he got there, he didn't beat around the bush and say, well, you know, Lord, uh, would you like a tic-tac? You know, he didn't, he didn't beat around the bush. He just said that I might receive my sight. So don't wait for perfect conditions. Don't, well, anyway, concentrate on what you have, not what you don't have. Don't be swayed by public opinion. Realize that if you cry out to him, he's going to hear you. And he wants to answer you in faith. Go to him. And then this, this is what is, this is the most important thing in a lot of ways, because I've seen a lot of people go through these four steps and not take this fifth step, not, not really embrace this fifth lesson that we learn from Bartimaeus. In the 52nd chapter, it says, go, said Jesus. Your faith has healed you. Immediately he received his sight. And then what does it say he did? Followed Jesus along the road. So many times people come to the Lord in their time of need. And then he answers their prayer. And then they just go back home. They don't continue with him. And uh, this is just it. This last step is so important. Go, said Jesus, your faith has healed you. Immediately he received his fight and he followed Jesus. The last lesson is follow Jesus when times turn good. Don't just come to him. I'm not saying don't come to him now. There may, you may have done this over and over again. You may have come to him and then gone back. Come to him, then gone back. Come to him, hanging on to that cloak. And he went ahead and answered your prayer anyway. And you went back to begging. What he's wanting you to do is just leave that cloak behind. Leave that old way of life behind and follow him. Follow him. Follow him. There may be some of you here today that you're facing something tremendous in your life. There may be somebody here that here you're, that has a, a, a tremendous challenge facing them. Maybe you're just about at the end of your rope and, and you've been putting off uh, really coming and having a heart-to-heart with Jesus about it. 
And he's saying, don't put it off. Now's the time. Come on, let's pray. Lord, as we bow before you at this time, we, uh, we acknowledge that every one of us has something that we have been wrestling with, something that we've been struggling with. And it could be that things, even the cares of the world have kept us from bringing it to you. Or maybe we've been fearful to bring it to you. Maybe we've been afraid of letting go of life the way that it is in order to uh, come to you, knowing that we can't really come to you and not be changed. And yet, Lord, we've come to the place today where we realize that we need you more than we need anything else. And we need your help because the way that we've been trying things, it hasn't been working. And so, Lord, we come before you and we lift up our, 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 our need to you as you say, what would you have me do for you? While we're praying, if there's anybody here who has a need and you uh, know that the Lord wants to help you with it and you want to voice your need in your heart before the Lord and say, Lord, this is what I need. Would you just lift up your hand and we're going to pray? Okay. Any others? Okay. Any others? Okay. Let's pray. Lord, you've seen these that have lifted their hands and said, Lord, I need your help. And I pray that this day you would speak to them and say, go your way. Your faith has made you whole. In Jesus name I pray. Amen.